and welcome to our podcast. The In Key Podcast. In Key with James and Brooke. Today we'll be talking about unique but familiar. Hearing damage and... Where we were five years ago today. Yeah, yeah. so I forget, was this, was this mine or yours? I think it was yours, actually. Okay, no, so actually, you said this. Um, you said that after, so me and James and Brandon and Simon, um, we played a show at the bitter end. It was, it was great. It was, it was such a good gig, such a good time. And, um, just overall very positive experience. And I remember you told me the day after that someone came up to you and said this. Yeah. That was someone I was showing the recording to just the room mic. And, uh, yeah, that was the consensus. Like, oh, it's. It is unique, but familiar, which I think is the highest compliment the in music for the genre, nowadays. The vibe, yeah. the... So I think that, yeah, I, well, that's all they said, and it stuck with me, and so I wanted to tell you about it, and, and I agree. Like, uh, your voice, uh, generally people are like, oh, it sounds a little bit like Stevie Nicks, and uh, then your writing style is definitely rock-influenced. It's got some 70s vibes and all that, so if someone says uh, unique then that's the key because anyone can just copy what was already made in the 70s. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was a super fun show. I had a lot of fun playing guitar in it and uh, it's Shredding. fun just being at a, at a good spot. You know, and the bitter end is awesome. So, it was fun. It was fun. But would you agree with that assessment? Do you feel like you write music that is unique um, and familiar? I don't know. That's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably, you look at you. You just, you just <laughs> want to be all unique and familiar and you just plan it from the beginning. No, I, I have, I don't usually, um, sub, I don't, I don't usually go into songwriting with any idea of what is going to come out of it. I just kind of let this stream of consciousness come out. So if it's unique, <clears throat> I'm happy about that. I'm glad. But I remember when you told me this. Now, this is obviously where we're having trouble remembering here because it was like two weeks ago. But um, the first thing I thought when you told me this idea of something being unique but familiar was it threw me back to something I read or watched about Paul McCartney. Um, don't like take me on this exactly, but I'll paraphrase in my Brooke version of it. Um, Paul McCartney had a dream and in his dream he heard the song yesterday and he woke up and he oh no actually it could have been let it be <laughs> i told Just you don't quote this me. part anyway anyway Darn it, I should know this. I'm like the biggest... Anyway, anyway, just just pretend like what I'm saying, it makes sense. Anyway. Um, so Paul McCartney. He, Paul McCartney, he heard one of, the, one of these songs, one of these really good classic songs in his dream. He woke up and he started playing the song and he couldn't figure it out. He could not figure out why it sounded familiar to him. He said, what song is this? What song is this? He wrote it all down and he kept singing it for weeks. He showed all these different people and everyone said, I've never heard that song before. And he just couldn't bring himself to do something with it for, like I said, for like weeks because he thought he was copying someone until he really came to the conclusion that he had made it up himself. And he said that was like the most raw, pure form of like songwriting to him. It came to him in a dream and there was something so familiar about it that he almost felt bad using it. But it turns out that it also felt familiar to everyone else. They just, it just didn't exist really. 
I'm going to go on Wikipedia and figure out which song this is, and then we can both post I, it honestly, on our story. Honestly, I think it's yesterday. Look, we actually have a reason for people to follow us at this point. You know, <laughs> like, figure out the end of the story of which song he had a dream about. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Get that's, roped in. That's really cool. Yeah. So, somebody said that about us. What'd you say? I'm, I might be having some hearing damage. <laughs> what, what, what is this hearing damage about? This is purely because you and I use the same earphones at one point. You worried about getting ear damage from my earphones? Um, I, I, there's been talk of um, of hearing around in the in the community lately, like when we go out and oh, this also, and that. I'm still waking up. Do people call them earphones? Ear, ear pods, ear buds, earphones, cups, headphones. I don't know. Cans. What are we talking about? Anyway, so which communities talk about hearing damage? <laughs> I don't know. Lately, all the people I've been around, like, there's been, like, talking of protecting ears a lot lately. And I think that that's, uh, that's definitely something to talk about. Yeah. Do you protect your ears? As much as I can. Uh, you know, the weird thing to me is you can always play quieter as a guitar player. I think as a singer, to hear yourself... You, you have to go through either some amplification or put it in your ears, and then you have to p- make it kind of loud, you know, for that. So, I don't know. As a singer, it might be rough. I have no idea how drummers survive. I don't either. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was actually recording drums with Simon, uh, like, two weeks... No, it was a week ago. And I was so rattled. I just I, I felt like I, I was been through an earthquake afterwards. Just like... Because we did eight hours of just drums. And even though I had headphones on, I still felt like a headache from how loud everything was. So, uh, <laughs> drumming was great. I don't mean like that, but I was just like, it's very loud. So yeah, I'm all, I always do something to like protect my hearing, but it's, I think it's kind of specific to like which instrument you're playing and what you're doing and this kind of thing. Well, like worst case scenario, you shove toilet paper in your ear. Best case scenario, you come prepared with, uh, some kind of little squishy foam pieces to go in your ear. Uh, but, um, but there seems to not be like a really good consensus on the healing of your ear because I thought there, there's cilia in your ear, right? The little, the little hair follicles and whatnot that protect your eardrum. And so once you have damage, they don't grow back. This is what I always thought, but, um, I I don't know anything about this. That's awesome. For some reason, people also say that a certain amount of time or maybe like a certain depth of the, the level of, um, the damage that you have, it can grow back. Like it can heal, um, you're hearing within like in the ear, uh, an ear, <laughs> a wow. year, a year is what I was going to say. A year in your in-ear for your ear and your hearing. Uh, I, so I don't know. I'm, I would have to look it up. But I know that like, like how uh, me and James, we went out, um, we went out to the city and, and checked out some jazz places and, uh, and other, and other venues. And, and the guy had the DB reader and uh-huh. was at a hundred and that's definitely around power tools, like that could that could cause some hearing damage, you know. And this was a small venue. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty tight. A, a jam-packed place. Very cool spot. It was called the Groove, I believe. Yeah, very, yeah. very awesome. But, but yeah, imagine we're all t- packed like sardines in this in this place, and and the the he- the level of the sound is above what you should be exposed to. So, is everyone? Well, someone did explain this to me too. Every time you add like a group or a table there, all of that, uh, you know, people are like couches. Like it takes in a lot. And kind of deadens the sound to a degree. So that makes sense. Maybe that reader was like more towards the middle of the room or the ceiling, but it, and it's weird. I didn't feel like it was so loud, but me it neither. Could be. It could be. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, and the annoying thing about putting in earplugs, though, you lose all the high end. 
And yeah. it's just not the same experience. Feels like you're underwater. So they do make ear plugs. <laughs> ear plugs. I know, I but they also make the right earbuds word. that actually reamplify the sound in your ear. Like they cut off the sound and then they recreate it in your ear. And I saw some things on there. For they that. only they only minimize the bass or certain more kind of. More I mean, that's, whatever. I guess they have some kind of metal element in there. Listen, hearing damage is real. Yeah, and so it, and it's especially important. for people like us and or, or or extra especially if you mix and you're an engineer and you really need to have the sharp 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 ears uh to tell all the little minute details and everything you really have to protect them because maybe uh scientists out there know uh but for people who don't have the proper information i'm really not 100 percent sure that it just heals like yeah that. You know? I've never heard that it heals. Yeah, so... How about that that high-pitched thing in your ear where it, it like, goes and then dies out? Your hearing is... Tinnitus. Like, that, like that frequency is ringing? gone forever? So I learned in school uh, that um, the, the high-pitched ringing that's in your ear is actually your brain trying to make up for the loss of a oh, frequency. yeah. You know? I think you did tell me that. Yeah, so, like... Um, if you hear that certain pitch, it's actually, that's the pitch that you can't hear, which if that makes sense. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. One of my favorite guitar players, Paul Gilbert, he suffers from that quite a bit. Like it's a big part of the frequency range that he can't hear. And, uh, it's, it's really, really, really sad. But he says he's designing music based on that now, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of odd, but whatever. Anyway. That's pretty interesting. I'm more excited about this last one, which is... All right, well, yeah, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know where James Reddick was five years ago. And likewise. So five years ago, and I posted about it on my story. So another reason for you to go follow Guitar With James on Instagram. Um, Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. I'm just not... as I need to get more interesting on Instagram. But anyway, um, five years ago, I was walking through Hoboken to the PATH train to do my job uh, at Verizon. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I had a good run with music. It was a lot of fun. And now I'm kind of leaving it behind to a degree. And I still had my guitars. I still had my cool, like, gear and all that. But it was kind of packed away, not ready to go. And I got to say that I that was one of the most depressing years of my life because I just did not play, write, practice, didn't take it seriously. Um, I didn't even have students, you know, because I had moved. Um, from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, and wow! So that really taught me a, a lesson where I'm like, this is important to keep in my life, and it's not all about just checking off boxes and you know making a certain amount of money and all this. And and unfortunately, I think it's why I took a hard turn and went away from Verizon, started going towards Sam Ash and Guitar Center and doubling down in music, and I think that was a little mm-hmm. unhealthy. So now I'm and now I'm finally at a spot where I'm happy with my work-life balance and how much music is in there but five years ago was the start of a terrible decision to like leave music behind to a degree and uh yeah i mean i had a nice place i was in a i was happy and i had money and nothing like that but boy music i i made a bit really bad call but how could you say that you made a bad call but then you started working at Sam Ash. Yeah, and, I think and doing anyone lessons, with financials so. or has worked there is like, yeah, you're not at the top of your career when you're there. But but it, the, but music was still involved. What I'm with saying you. is like, I uh, created a void and then filled it really quickly, and just it's just it's something that's always going to be in my life, and I have to accept. So five years ago, I was doing just as good as I am now, but making the decision of 
putting something I love to the side, and that was a really bad call. Mm-hmm. Well, the aspects of it that you love, which is doing it for for yourself, like yeah. in that way. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the context behind it. I was uh, taking the path train. I was walking a lot more. I didn't have a car. That was a big deal in my life. And yeah, so that was five years ago. And I think it's kind of fun because I saw there was something where, you know, where were you five years ago? Or maybe it's Facebook, maybe Instagram. And I thought to myself, like, maybe every year I should be thinking, like, what was five years ago? And maybe when you're older, you're like, what was 10 years ago? And how do I explain this to people? It's just crazy how fast life goes. Let's unpack that. What do you mean by that? Because... Um, you mean just as a sense of to see where you have grown yeah. or because sometimes looking back is, is just negative and it's not helpful. So. Yeah. I mean, well, I think the quote that I'm looking for is, uh, current events predict future trends, you know? So if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, you have to consider what happened in the past. You know, history repeats itself. This kind of thing doesn't mean that oh. it's forever true, but hmm. it, it's just, that's the same kind of quote. as a means of protection. Yeah. To see and- what your trajectory of, um, I'd say like if you were a stock, Sure. Yeah. And I'm, and I also realized like if I take something out of my life, that's, uh, really important, then it becomes like, you know, like, oh man, I don't have it. Now I have to overreact and fill it right away. So Mm -hmm. that's a personality trait of mine. I know it's going to be in the future. And, you know, so I have to really pay attention to what makes me me and what makes me happy and make sure I don't cut those things out too fast and, and brutally. So yeah, just, and that's with music. I that's mean, it could be, point. yeah, it could be anything. It could point. be working out for some people. It could be like eating a certain food or like, uh, cause this is just stuff that I hear from people on the daily, but it could also be how much time you spend watching TV or on your phone or, you know, family or friend time or time with yourself. I can't believe the first time I heard when somebody says, I like hanging out with myself. I'm like, I don't know what that even means. And <laughs> now I, you know, I really try to at least once a month, <laughs> I don't know, to like just sit there and be like. Do nothing with yourself. I've gone through so many different phases where as soon as something is missing, I think, you know, uh, I'm doing so well because I'm not doing this one thing. Let's just say in whatever, in theory, uh, like eating maybe, chocolate. Oh, I was okay? going to say maybe nails. Maybe nails. No, <laughs> don't get into the nails. Don't get into the nails. Edit that out. But, but just go with <laughs> chocolate. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you had to cut out let's chocolate. Say, let's say theoretically, uh, oh, chocolate. I'm so sick of chocolate. It's bad for me. I got to stop eating it. All right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking It's chocolate. I'm not going to eat chocolate. And then I don't eat chocolate at all. At all. I don't even look at chocolate. I can't smell chocolate. I'm so extremely against chocolate and I'm so proud of myself. And then all of a sudden something crashes and burns and then it's not like, oh, I can just moderately have chocolate. Then I'm eating chocolate every day for two weeks. Every meal. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think this is something with a lot of people. I mean, there's there's a hard hard place of moderation in this world and I, I think, I don't know. Yeah, so five years ago, that though. was me. So let's go to you. What was five okay. years ago in the endless void? In the endless... Yeah, I won't just like go on a tangent of like my whole my whole life five years ago, but I'll just say we were watching some old videos. I was trying to show James... The hair was different. <laughs> well, five years ago, I was, I was a senior in high school, um, and I had short hair, and I was in a band, uh, and it was called Endless Void. And it was really great. And I, and I would say, um, <laughs> contrast to you, that was, at the time at least, 
that was the best time of my whole life. I was, I, w- I really thought I was peaking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, I can't get any school. better than this. I'm peaking in high school um, because I just had so much fun. I had a lot of, a lot of love, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of new things that I didn't think were possible for me. Just like this girl who always wanted to do music and I didn't really know what that meant. And then I really, you know, things were going somewhere with it. Like it was, it was really um, materializing for me where I had... My my really good friend Mike, he played the drums, and we were always so in sync. I had um, this kid James. I mean, sorry, this kid. I'm right here. I'm Got right the, here. Um, this kid named Shane uh, on the bass. He was cool. Uh, for a time, I had my my best friend in the world, Nick, uh, involved with the band, and uh, and we just had so much fun. And it was really cool to see that I could write these songs and have them and have them out there. You know. Anyway, yeah. So that was five years ago. I had played. Uh, at the time, that was the biggest venue. Um, it was 1904 Music Hall in Jacksonville, Florida. And it was a really, really neat spot. And I hadn't done something... I still hadn't done something like of that um, magnitude, like a venue like that, since uh, till until recently, really. Uh, when I played, maybe uh, I would say it's kind of comparable to like the St. Asbury Park. Um, so it was a really big deal. I was 17. And I was and I was up on stage with all these lights, and I really felt like I want to do this. Like this is real. Like this can be. This can be something. You said so, you were nervous too. Were you nervous at the I bitter was end? So nervous. Was I nervous at the bitter end? You know, I'm always a little bit nervous. Yeah, I feel so. that too. But I, I don't feel like I did when I was in high school. Where I was like, oh yeah. Oh, this is horrifying. Well, everything comes with uh, experience and practice, and I think, like watching back that video. Um, I could just hear it in my voice that I was nervous and my, and my, and my presence. Like I, I still struggle with the presence, uh, trying to be exciting and fun and drawing people in with the crowd and everything like that. You know, um, I know that comes every single time you perform, you get better at that. And I, and I love that honestly, just to keep trying to get better at being a performer. It's so fun. But, uh, seeing it when I was 17 on that stage, it was like, oh my God, who would, who would really want to watch this? They're just standing there. They're so like stiff, you know, but, um, but you know, we, we all, we tried and, uh, and it was great. And it was just a, it was a good time for me. Huh. So I was creating a void and you were filling in the void. My void was being, Lessened, and Lessened. yours yes. was getting worse. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. Lessened. Everything spiraled around into a big time and, warp, and, and here look, we are. Look at us now. We're playing shows. I'm dressed normally. You're in a dinosaur outfit. I'm in a dinosaur outfit. Yeah, yeah. and uh huh. And we're we're making it happen. We're making. You know what? Music is uh, something that you just can't shake. Yeah, it's and, never uh, going to go extinct. <laughs> Life finds a way. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, James. So, what are you promoting? My YouTube channel. And that's it this time. So you can find that by going to my Instagram, Guitar with James, and then clicking on some links. And uh, yeah, it should take you there. Or just go to, to YouTube and type in Through the Fire and Flames and see me wearing some red pants. Anyway, what would you like to promote? <laughs> well, I just finished wrapping a recording with my good friend Linz. And uh, I have a song... That is uh, going to be out very soon. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, please uh, give me some support. And very soon, you'll be hearing some good information and hearing a really cool song if you're into it. So it's in the works, my friends. So that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 
See you in two weeks. Bye. Shut up. Shut up.